with authority. Welcome, everybody, to another quarantine edition of our With Authority podcast. Larry Beal, Casey Pratt, Chris Alvarez, and our special guest, who might be the most famous American in South Korea at this point, pitcher Dan Straley, former Oakland A. Uh, we know him from the major leagues, and now the star American player of the Lotte Giants. I hope I said that right, because I know a lot of people say kind of latte, but it's isn't it Lotte? It's Lotte, yeah, and it's a, it's a pretty common thing. I'm drinking Lotte coffee in the Lotte Hotel while I play for the Lotte Giants right now, so they're, they're all over this country. Talk about a company, man. Oh, we like that. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they, just ha- they, have, they have a little bit of everything around here. They're one of the top five biggest companies in South Korea, so they got, they got, they got their foot in everything, or their hand in everything. Send us some Lotte swag, if you would, at some point, uh, because we'll be the only guys on the block with that, for sure. Uh, so it's it's been such a, an odd journey because you, you go to Korea, you're, you're trying to resurrect your career, and now you're on HBO and ESPN all the time. This is a, what a what an odd but great situation for you. It's yeah, it's nothing I thought I signed up for. Uh, I was you no, know, I thought I'd come out here and have my family here, um, you know. And it's yeah, just this whole year, like everybody else, has just not been at all what we thought. Um, going from I thought I was going to miss, you know, a few weeks away from my family to probably 10 months away, uh, you know, missing my son's third birthday here in a few weeks. And it's just like little things like this that just, you know, it's, you know, it, it, it just, it's our situation. It's my family situation. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's not all been, you know, roses being out here, but at the same time, uh, I'm just blessed and happy to be playing baseball right now. Um, it'd be really hard for me to, have any sort of negative feeling towards that, just given the current situation of all my friends back in the States. Um, so yeah, the, like, again, not, not at all what I expected it to be. Um, it has come with some added publicity. And I think that that's just been more of me willing to be the voice because there's only a few of us that can be the voice right now. We should uh, talk about you and Casey who know each other from your A's days and, and maybe set that up because you you got your own podcast and you've got all these other big time media outlets that want your time, but you guys know each other from your A's days. So Casey, why don't you jump in on that? Yeah, I'll jump in. I just wanted to have Dan on because, you know, I've been credentialed with the A's since about what, 2005. We've seen a lot of people come and go a lot of good, a lot of bad, but I can genuinely say that Dan, you were probably the best, most real, just good dude. So it was so awesome to have you in that clubhouse, especially as I was a new beat writer. So first of all, just awesome to have you on. And secondly, I thought the podcast that you're doing right now, it's really good. It's really interesting. You do not get to see that kind of perspective or hear that kind of perspective from active starting pitchers. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the trials and tribulations of just being what you're calling a journeyman. And, and even like the story about your velocity going up just because you are probably comfortable. So um, what kind of led to the foray into podcasting in this weird, like halfway across the world situation you're in? Yeah, no, the the whole idea of the podcasting stuff uh, spanned back a few years, actually. Um, I kind of wanted to start it a couple years ago, but didn't really have the time. Didn't really have, you know, I was busy. Like we, you know, we had a newborn at the time and, and busy playing baseball, obviously. And it was just like other things in life were just way more important, if you will. Um, I'm out here now, like I mentioned, my family's not here. And 
I just have a lot of extra time. And one of my friends, actually, he's the one, Ben, that's on the podcast. He's the host. He's the one that does all the back work. I show up on Mondays and hang out and talk. Um, he does all the other work. We've had friends create art, a friend create music. And so, and then he does like all the producing of it. But the whole kind of idea was, is that the, a lot of like the really big names in the game, like they all have their stories told. They all have, everyone hears like their side of things, but no one ever really hears like the, the, the really honestly, probably the more common route of baseball, the guys that are here, there, looking for jobs, you know, just one year at a time type of thing. Those are the, that's, that's probably way more common than the, than the Mike Trouts, obviously, and the Bryce Harpers of, of baseball. And I just felt that like my story was, it's my own story. So I think it's cool, but like all the people along the way that I can bring in and hear their journeys. And it's not just baseball players. Like it's people in the game within the industry, like how their walks of life have turned out. We started off with episode one was like with a fan where he turned into a website that is now like the only, like the main English speaking or English reading resource for the KBO, which is blown up and his website. It's like getting like so bogged down. And then we brought in a guy who's Korean that came to America, became a writer and, you know, used sports like photography and writing. And now he's in the baseball industry and so it's just cool just for us to hear people's journeys and people's stories because it's it's always so much deeper than just turning on the game or, you know, like even you guys, like just like if we were to sit down and really talk about it, like, yeah, you're here now, but how, how'd you get here? And I'm so intrigued by process and so intrigued by just like logistics and how things have, have worked that that's really leaked over into my desire to like learn about like other human stories and how people got to where they are. Yeah, and you mentioned that. I believe it was it's mykbo.com, right? Because I was looking to see what your numbers were in the KBO, and that was the very first site that popped up. That was the guy that you had on your first podcast, and I believe you're actually yeah. tied uh, for the lead in strikeouts right now, unless the stats have changed over the last day. Yeah, when uh, that that is right. When I was in, in, in the A's minor leagues in 2012, uh, Gil Patterson told me that if you want to stand out, you have to lead the league in something. And, um, that was kind of like, he, he was, he was, he was being really obvious, but it made a lot of sense. And so, uh, I kind of like jokingly always said that ever since. And, uh, one year it was home runs. Uh, one year it was like sacrifice bunts. Like when it's like, you're just like, I'm trying so hard. Just like, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, I was tied for Scherzer that year. So I'm, I felt okay with like, with saying that. And he won the Cy Young. I didn't. So, um, we're just like, uh, taking that same kind of strategy where you just kind of, you got to try to lead the league in something. But um, yeah, that guy's resources is unbelievable. Um, and I've, I've honestly, I've messaged him asking him like, Hey, how can my family watch my games back in the States? Like you've been doing this for years. I uh, got to know him a little bit, found out, you know, he lives pretty close to me up in the Northwest and um, I, it's just cool. I mean, he's, he's a stay at home dad of three and his wife's a military doctor. And it's just kind of like, it's, it's, it's a really cool story and journey that he has himself. Uh, Dan, I actually was fortunate enough to play a little baseball in the college myself and grew up in a baseball family at two younger brothers who played ball. So I understand what you're saying as far as, you know, you talk about mindsets and learning about people. And I really like what you said there. Baseball is the ultimate game of failure. Um, how have you dealt with the roller coaster of emotions and the traveling? And, and have you ever thought about giving up on your dream and, and where you are today? Um, it's quite the journey, as you mentioned. Um, no, not giving up. That's never never really been an option. 
uh, I was kind of always like, I, I guess I've always been in this situation, uh, being a 24th rounder, having to really, you know, I, start, I had to start off and, and work my way just to get into like the minor league rotation. Like, it's just something I've always been up against. Um, I never really dealt with failure until I got to the major leagues, um, which was something that I'm talking like, you know, like having like, not, not like I had a bad day or I had a bad game, but like actually dealing with failure. Um, and then even then I never really had a season of dealing with failure until the start of last year. And it wasn't even really a full season for me. It was just the first two months. Um, but no failure, like giving up was never, never a thing. Um, I want to play this game for as long as absolutely as long as possible. And there, it's just kind of one of those things where it's just a bump in the road for me more than anything. And when I got the opportunity to come over here, I, I wasn't like I had a bunch of people knocking on my door asking for me to come play for them last year. Uh, like I said, it was a pretty, just, you don't even want anyone to put it on the back of your baseball card type of numbers in April and May for me. And so this was my best option in terms of like guaranteed dollars to provide for my family. Cause I do have a wife and son that I'm, I'm, I'm playing for. I'm not just playing just for fun. Like this is my, my livelihood for my family as well. And so coming over here and it turns out that just given the situation, there couldn't have been a better spot for me to be in this place in time right now. And uh, I have something that I like to bring props to my stuff. So I have this shirt and it says Fresno Grizzlies 2015 champs i was in fresno <clears throat> from there i covered that championship team that you were on um can you talk about i mean you go everywhere in baseball but uh, i'm gonna ask about fresno so what do you remember about fresno let's do it um i went in the championship i it, i actually was not there for that game yeah i i was i was i was on my way to the airport to to fly to el paso to go to that to go pitch that game i was supposed to start that championship one mm. and i got a call said hey come back to the clubhouse and I was like, okay. So I come back to the clubhouse and they're like, uh, you're actually going to go to Houston instead of, of El Paso. <laughs> and it was like, it was like odd. Cause I was like, man, I know I'm not going to go pitch in Houston right now. I'm going to go sit in the bullpen and be a just in case guy. But like, can I just pitch like one more game here? Like we've worked so hard <laughs> to get to this point. Um, and I've said it for so long that whenever, wherever you are, like that's your big leagues. Like if you're in high A, like then, then that's your big leagues. Like you've never played any higher than that. And if you're double A, triple A, so on and so forth. And even though like I had, a year whatever plus the service time at this point that year in Fresno um was just a lot of fun because it was kind of like a the 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 first time I really had to like kind of change who I was as a pitcher and my pitching style if you will and that we just had a lot of fun that year I, th I think we averaged like eight runs per game of offense and so it was really a fun year to be a pitcher you were allowed to just go up there and just compete and fill up the strike zone because the boys were scoring and yeah they were, they were pretty unstoppable. And uh, it was just a, it was a fun time. I spent, I, looking back at it, I spent a lot of my career between Stockton, Oakland, Fresno, Sacramento. Like I spent a lot of my, my professional career and my early half of my career in the state of California <laughs> and being Californian born and Oregon raised, like that's, that was a perfect spot for me. I, I just want you to take me through the day to day because I'm sure you have former teammates that are in touch with you that ask, what is your routine like when we're talking about daily temperature checks, virus testing, food preparation, transportation? Because at any point during your day-to-day -day journey, there's the possibility that somebody could get infected. And so far, 
Uh, I think you got 10 teams and it's all good. So what, what protocols are in place to keep everybody safe? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really, that's a lot to unpack, but I'll do my best. Yeah. The, for instance, uh, today, uh, we just came up to Seoul. Um, we're in this, this really cool city out here that I would love to just go explore. And I have four or five hours in the morning before I have to go to the field. And I, I was asked, you know, asked, like, we're not being told, we're being asked not to go anywhere. Um, uh, this hotel has room service, but we were told um, room service is not available to our rooms because they don't know who's bringing what and this and, and so on and so forth. Um, I had lunch, but it, we went down and we had a catered meal as a team. You show up at 1230. It's there for like 45 minutes. You go eat there. Um, they have four meals provided per day. And that seems like a lot, but that just, they just want to make sure that like, if you're hungry at a certain time, like they have something provided for you. So you don't have to go out and search for it. Um, when I leave for the field, when I get on the bus, my temperature will be checked by a staff member of our team. Um, when I get to the field, security will check my temperature there. Uh, last week, I actually uh, got stalled, if you will, from going in the stadium because my temperature was too hot. Um, now, there was 10 of us whose temperature was too hot, so they got a new thermometer and we were all fine. But we all had to go stand off to the side because our temperatures were reading uh, 99.5 degrees or something they set the temperature much lower than what we consider a fever, but that's the whole point is they just want to know if you're even running a little bit hot, they want to know. Um, and so all the meals are as a team in the hotel at the field. Um, it, things work differently here. This is not a, a Corona pandemic situation in terms of this part of the day, but like there's no shower, like you don't shower on the road here. When you show up, you take your gear bag with you from the hotel. You, you leave in full uniform to the hotel from the hotel to the field. Um, you show up, literally set your bag down, walk outside to stretch. There's batting practice. You go, you don't get to the field. Our games are at six 30. You get there like at four or something, um, walk straight into batting practice. And then the game starts after the game, you get full uniform right back on the bus, come back to the hotel. All your laundry is done here. The post game meal is here. So it's just, it's much different, um, than we're used to in America, but different isn't bad. Difference is different. And so, there no some of these protocols are not because of covid but some of these ones are because of covid um you know we have to wear a mask anytime you're going coming leaving your room i forget mine constantly and i always make it to the elevator bank and turn around and walk right back to my room and grab my mask like it's just i've been doing this for what are we on three months here and i still or two months here i think and i guess we're going on three now um and i still I still like it. It's not like it's a part of my routine, but it's still like a forgotten part until I get to the door. I'm like, okay, where's my mask? Go back and grab it. So given your experience, and I would assume that if major league baseball, uh, enjoy that low take coffee, by the way, uh, <laughs> oh. we, we plug in brands in here. Yeah. Good to the last <laughs> drop. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you see this? translating with all of your buddies in major league baseball in the States, like that regimen, because I mean, I, I'm listening and, and trying to process all it's like every step, you know, okay, stop, check, stop, check, stop, check, no shower, no, no food. There's a lot of constraints it seems, but that's 
kind of what has to happen. And in the US originally, they were talking about the, the biosphere experiment and everybody comes in and now that that seems to be um, not under consideration. But how translatable is that routine to American baseball in your view? These guys, I, th I think everybody understands that. I would hope everyone understands that if there's going to be a season, it's not going to be what we're accustomed to um, in many regards. And I think that the guys will be pretty open to a lot of things. I think there's going to be some lines drawn where they're like, that's, that's not acceptable. Um, and a lot of that will probably come to do with, is my family allowed to be there or not? I think that's a, a deal breaker for a lot of guys because remember, we're not just baseball players. We're human beings. We're, uh, a lot of us just mostly just men with families and uh, kids and wives. And, and it's just, you don't want to go somewhere, especially during a pandemic and leave your family elsewhere. And even though like none of us are medical, or, well, I don't know if none of us are, but most of us are not medical professionals, baseball players that, um, so if something happens to my family, like I can't do anything anyway, but obviously being there is a big part of, of supporting your family and just being with them. And so no one wants to go through that, I think, by themselves. And I, I don't know. Again, I, I haven't been following along very closely um, because I am in season over here worried about, you know, getting ready for my stuff over here. But I've seen enough things that, you know, I, I saw that tossed around where guys might be without their families. And I think that would be a line drawn where guys just won't cross that. Um, but I, 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 do, I do believe that everyone understands that we can't have a normal <coughs> 2020 baseball season. I don't think that's a, anything anyone's trying to shy away from. So I just – for the sake of the game, I really hope that they get something figured out and that they're able to play at least a partial season. Uh, let's stick with the family angle. So I know that in listening to your podcast, subscribe on iTunes, the journeyman pod, give it five stars. There was a story. <laughs> you were going to bring your family with you and you weren't able to, as you mentioned earlier. So what was that conversation like? Was there a point in time where you almost considered not going? I mean, how did you, rationalize that i know i left for two weeks to cover the super bowl and my family almost killed me because i have two young daughters and my wife it's a lot of work so i mean what was that like for you yeah um the last conversation i guess you could say i had like face to face with my wife before i left was that this might be goodbye until what we thought was october but now it's going to be november because that's when our regular season ends like they just pushed it back a month um so like we we didn't know that's what we would be doing, but it was a possibility. And I guess you could say me not going was never an option because, like I said, I have a family to provide for. Um, it's it is it is much deeper than just a game. Um, and so that part was never an option. But yeah, they were planning on coming, and we didn't know what that looked like. We didn't know how long. Um, Amanda is a nurse, and she's working as a nurse, and so she has her obligations there as well. And, um, you know, she just started working, I think it was in February is when she, we started working at the, at the place she's working now. So her going back to work at this time, I think was important as well to just get from the whole situation. And then, you know, there's not enough nurses out there compared to the amount of need that we have right now. And so she's, she's doing, she's doing her best. And so, um, I hope, I hope to see them at some point. I really do. Like, I can't, I don't want to think about going that long without seeing my, my wife and son. But um, right now, if you come into South Korea um, from anywhere, um, South Korean citizen or not, you have to sit in two weeks by yourself in a quarantine. Um, my teammate, Adrian, just got back from that. He lost his father. He flew back to Seattle 
um, say goodbye. And when he came back to South Korea, he had to sit in a bungalow out in the country for two weeks by himself. Um, and if it was, if he wasn't a baseball player, like on a visa, he would have had to stay like in a, in a government hotel, but because he's a uh, on visa, he was able to choose a place and the team found him a place that he could go throw and be outside and move around and work out and stuff. But nonetheless, he had to quarantine for two weeks by himself. And so that's just something that I can't ask my family to do um, if they don't have to. So they've been quarantining at home. My son's been at home for almost three months now. Um, and you know, there's a lot of scariness to that too, because he hasn't been playing with kids and seeing and, and developing in that, in that way in such a long time. And so obviously, again, it's much deeper than, than baseball, but uh, um, yeah, I, I hope that things get better to the point that I can feel comfortable flying my family out here. Now you've been on ESPN a lot lately. Um, have you been getting any videos from Amanda of Jackson actually seeing you on TV and recognizing you? Cause I know that's a big goal of yours to get back to the major leagues and have him have the opportunity yeah. to watch you pitch as a big leaguer. But have you seen any of that yet? Yeah, I, I, I got a chance to pitch on ESPN on uh, well, it was Tuesday here. I'm not sure. I think it was Monday night or something, but Tuesday Jackson woke up and um, we were eating, eating breakfast together. I'm going to bed. He's eating breakfast and he uh, he's watching the TV and, and the game's on and, He's like, oh, daddy, daddy, you're on, daddy, it's you. You're on TV. And he turns the phone and shows me me. Yes. And then uh, I guess later in the broadcast, they actually show a picture of Jackson on the TV screen. And he was uh, my sister and is, was over and, and she told me that like she, he like looks over and, and he's like, oh, Aunt Teresa, look, look, it's Jackson. Jackson's on TV. And he still like refers to himself in the third person when he sees a picture of himself. So it's adorable. <laughs> but um, yeah, I want him to to see me play when he remembers it, you know, he's been at um, opening day in Marlins ballpark and I have pictures of him like clapping. Like he just, everyone starts clapping. He's a little baby starts clapping and like, it's adorable, but like, I want him to like, remember it. I think that would be like a really cool memory as a kid. Like if you got a chance to watch your dad play in the major leagues, not just watch a video. Like I have tons of video if he wants to watch it. Like, but to actually be there and be a part of it, not just be downstairs in the kids' room playing. Yeah. How old is he, by the way? He'll be three uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I often, by the way, refer to myself in the third person. Casey's trying to get me to stop, but it's it, it, it happens. Okay. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, uh, baseball players are some of the most you know toughest mental athletes in in all of sports. So, how are you dealing with? Maybe the mental half, mental health aspect of this pandemic. You're half a world away. Um, you're playing the game you love, but as you mentioned about your family. So how how are you and and some of your teammates dealing with the mental health of this whole situation? Man, that's uh, I think it's just it's being playing baseball for this long. Um, every, you know, each year I'm like, man, there's nothing I can go through this year that I haven't gone through in the past. There's nothing that I'm and every single year I say that to myself and then like something like happens and you're like, well, didn't see that coming. And like, obviously this year it's, it's a pandemic and it's uh, just a change in the world and all the, the stress that we all deal with in our own way of, of the situation at hand. Um, but I think the one thing that a ball player has being a ball player has really taught me is that if I can just control what I can control and let the rest take care of itself, everything's going to be all right. And I can't control 
what, how other people handle themselves, but I can wash my own hands and I can put on hand sanitizer and I can wear a mask in public. Um, and I, I can do all those things myself to make sure that I'm in my bubbles is safe and secure. And I just have to trust that everyone else is doing that as well. Um, and I know that's a lot of faith and a lot of trust to put in other people, but, um, the culture that I'm immersed in over here in South Korea, that's what, that's what they do. And to the point of, I've had a, a teammate or excuse me, a coach, not, not a teammate, a coach, Hank Conger, uh, coach Conger went into uh, the bank when we first got here and they were like, Hey, uh, you can't come in here. And he was like, he was really confused. And they were like, he wasn't wearing a mask. Mm. Like you're not allowed, you're just not allowed in. Like you need to go get a mask if you want to come in here. And it happened to me a couple of weeks ago. We went to, um, this like cultural village. It's this really kind of cool hillside that they just painted all the buildings, bright colors. It's really old housing. And anyway, we're walking into it and the security guard like came over to our group and was like, Hey, he's not allowed in here. And I was like, what, for, for what? Like, and they're like, uh, no mask. And I was like, Oh crap, it's in the car. Like I'm gonna go back and grab it. And so like, that's just the way things are work here. And so like, uh, if you can't make that mental adjustment to just like having to accept this is a new process. Um, I, I think that's kind of where it all started for us is like just being able to just go with things. Oh, that was a big change. Just, just go with it. Um, but again, if I can just control what I can control, let the rest of care of itself, I think everything's going to be all right over here. Baseball's taking you literally around the world. Is there a favorite park or place uh, that you were in of or you're a city you like to go to the most in your baseball travels? Um. I, I honestly think that there's something at each place that I've really enjoyed that I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of going to Seattle, just being from the Northwest and, mm -hmm. and, and getting a chance to see so much family and friends whenever I go there. Um, but also it's true the same with the Bay area. I get a lot of people that come down, obviously more recently I've been going to play the giants more, but um, the it's, that's tough, man. That's really tough. I really like, there's little things like when you San Diego, just, like you're, it's, you're just, it's almost like you're on vacation in the middle of the season for a few days, whenever you go there. Um, Chicago's always, it's just, yeah, each, each place you go just has like its own thing that, that makes it fun to, to be a part of for a few days. You mentioned that the team provides the food, but I'm wondering if you had a chance in your, your near three months in South Korea to uh, you know, what's your favorite food that's not necessarily provided by the team? Like what, what Korean food have you, you, you into the kalbi? What are, what are you eating? Yeah. So the, the meals provided, um, that's just mostly on road trips. Um, okay. at home you get a pregame meal. And so you're kind of, they, they provide a lunch, but the lunch is like ends at 1230 and I'm sorry, but I'm, <laughs> there's not enough to do at the field over here to get to the field that early just to go get lunch. So, I just eat the pregame meal and after the games, you're on your own anyway. Um, so we've been uh, kind of doing different things. The food delivery system over here is absolutely incredible. Um, they're just apps and like every single restaurant you could possibly think of is in there. Back in our community, it's called Sajik. I found a, a place that does like stir fried chicken that like is kind of been kind of my go-to. And then the other stuff, it's always, we always tend to find like, the Korean food, like on the edge of like Western food, like um, teriyaki chicken place, like isn't like, like isn't like crowded all the time, but it's our, one of our favorite places. 
because it's kind of something that we're a little more used to the, but anytime you just like have a little bit of time and go to like, just the Korean like barbecue spots, it's always just kind of fun. You cook your own meat. You like, like they usually have like some sort of ramen or like a, a cold noodle that to go with it. And it's just kind of, it's such a different experience than I expected. Uh, little things like when you go to the restaurant, there's no like, the menu isn't like, here's your appetizers, here's your entrees, here's your desserts. Like, here's, it's not like that. Like, you go to a beef restaurant, they have five types of beef, and you pick which one you want. It comes out sliced up, and you cook it on your barbecue. You go to a, that's it. There's no, there's no salad before your meal. There's not like this. Then if you go to like a pork restaurant, that's where you get your pork. If you want fish, you go to a fish restaurant, and they just have fish. Like, it's just so different than we're used to back in the States. That's interesting. So my wife is half Japanese and uh, I've gone to Japan a few times and staying with her relatives a number of years ago. And, you know, for breakfast, I'm kind of a traditional American breakfast guy, which would mean eggs or it might mean, uh, you know, cereal or waffles or, you know, a pancake, whatever, you know, the, the typical thing would be. And they bust out the rice and the pickled cucumber yep. and all this. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, guys, <laughs> you got to. You got to help me out here. I mean, I, I'm not really up for pickled cucumbers at 9 a.m. So what's yeah. breakfast like for you? Um, well, here, we're on, the, we're on the road. The hotels will typically have a Western-style breakfast. And then right next to it have, like, kimchi and pickled radish and with rice and some sort of fish. And I'm like, uh, no thanks, but, you know, I'll, I'll take the scrambled eggs over here. Um <laughs> that's just like what we're used to like so like it's just kind of like how we've been able to adapt to things but it's it is kind of funny to see just the cultural differences of like how they how they approach mealtime um i have some costco bagels i brought with me for the road trip because i know on the day that i pitch i don't want to like I, I usually don't wake up in time for breakfast either they stop breakfast about nine thirty or 10 and uh you know when you work the when you work the swing shift that's kind of pushing the limits on when you get up to get downstairs to, to get some food. So I've just, you know, learned from my, my first two trips and just kind of bring some stuff with me whenever I, I take off on the road out here now, but it is different to, I mean, when you go to like the, it's called Naver or Naver, uh, it's like their, uh, their version of like Google out here. And so when you search on there for like breakfast restaurants, like you'll be in this big city and there's like three and you're like, that can't be right. And you're like, find out like no actually that that is right they just it's not a big deal here so uh i reached out josh Limblom's helped me out with some restaurants and he uh he's a player that spent five years over here in korea and is now with the brewers and so he he sent he sent a list of me to some restaurants and there's a couple breakfast places on there in the in the city that i that i live and play in so uh we'll have to hopefully get up early enough to go uh go explore some of those one of these days when we're uh, feeling more comfortable with with being out and about just out of curiosity, if, if you were to stop right now, it's midday in South Korea and, and we put the stopwatch on and I said, how long would it take you to go find an American bagel? Uh, how long would that take? <laughs> <laughs> well, the delivery here is amazing. Um, you could find you can, you could find an American bagel. Uh, there's bakeries everywhere. Oh, yeah. uh, they and they have they all have bagels, and they usually like they don't come in like six packs. They usually come in like 
it's just weird to see like a two pack of bagels but like that's like a common thing i see everywhere um or like singles but like we we whenever we go to to costco we always make sure we load up and and put some of them in the freezer so that we have them a little bit longer but um you by the way if you chose any other food right there i was i was out of luck but i just happened to be <laughs> within arm's reach of the two bagels i brought for this road trip they don't have costco there do they they do um really? they, so i got in the car the first time we went to go to costco and uh, mind you i don't i don't i speak like five words korean so we get in the cab and and we're like we're here's the address we're going to costco and the guy was like no i i don't know what that is I'm sorry i can't help you we're like costco so we, we call our translator and he goes he's like and the guy's like oh costco and we were like costco and costco i i so like the, hearing the words and saying the words like there's such like small like differences like in the words that like it's it's crazy how hard it is sometimes to like translate it but like i totally understand it because when they try to teach me a word i'll, I'll think i'm saying it right seven times in a row and they're like well you, your voice needs to go up a little bit at this end of things for it to make sense when you when your voice doesn't go up you actually have a different meaning and so mm -hmm. it's like i was just like man like i'm just gonna stick to english and using my translator because it's, it's hard enough trying to learn how to get out hitters over here let alone trying to learn the language yeah, as well yeah. but yes they have costco they have their own version of costco as well um but uh we've we've gone to ours because you feel at home it's the exact same layout and setup except uh when you go to the food they have bulgogi pizza and like bulgogi wrap like the bulgogi bakes instead of just like the chicken bakes at the at the, at the food court area i know we don't have too much more of your time but culturally to stay on that subject even if there wasn't a global pandemic going on the game of baseball is different there there's there's cheerleaders. There's lots of noise. You talked about being on offense, like on your podcast or attack, I think. Um, attack, yeah. So how different would, would just the baseball be, even if it wasn't silent with no fans? Dude, I, when I, like I said, I signed here, it was, I don't know, mid, mid December, I think right after the winter meetings, whenever that was. And I was like so excited. Like I, they sent me a couple of videos, like when I, and like almost like they're like, Hey, come, come to our team type of videos. And I just got to see these videos of these, these passionate, crazy fans, crazy in a good way. Like just so excited. Honestly, it kind of reminded me of like Oakland days of the playoffs in, in, in 12 and 13, like, which is like, like I'm sitting right next to you and I try to say something to you and I can't hear you because it's just too loud in here. Um, and that, that was like a, a normal occurrence and especially the stadium that I play in here uh, in a way it kind of is their version of the Coliseum. It's this, it was built in, it was, I, I want to say it was one of the, it's probably the only standing original stadium is my guess in Korea. It was an 80, 1982 stadium, the first year they were here, but it, uh, it's a big concrete bowl and they fill it. And every every time you hit, every time you're on attack, like the whole stadium is singing the exact same song for the hitter. And so right now they do that, but there's no one singing along. You just hear the speakers blaring the music. But I asked them that during the games, like the, the music would still be blaring through the speakers. It would just also be, in our case, 23,000 people singing along with it. Um, and that was what I thought I was coming to, but again, my experience is so much different so far than what we were hoping for, what we thought we were getting into. And that's okay. Like as long as 
long as we're staying safe and as long as we're getting baseball, no complaints. And I just really hope someday, though, within the future that I get a chance to, to be a part of that experience of having these fans here. We thought we were – we heard we were going to be getting some fans possibly as soon as um, – oh, I guess it would be like next week with wow. uh, early June. But there was like uh, – I want to say like 70 or 90 cases that spiked in the country. So they just said, nope, never mind. Like they're like uh, going to push things off and – but again, that type of caution that they're taking here is it, it might sound a little like a little over the top at times, but I don't over here. The belief is that there is nothing over the top. Like it's all about just being safe and, and just being fortunate that we're at least able to provide the people of this country, their baseball, their entertainment that they, that they enjoy so much because it is cool to see how passionate over here um, people of all ages truly are about the game. Yeah, I mean, they're doing something right. They got the confirmed case right about the same time we did, and uh, you're playing baseball and we're not here. So what about, like, what is the most jarring thing about playing without fans? I heard a story of, of a game where you weren't pitching as well as you wanted, and you started hearing the bullpen mitts popping. You're like, oh, no, hell no, I'm not coming out. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, it's, it's been different. Like, uh, at home when I pitch, it's, like, completely quiet. And – like on the road when you pitch, like I can't hear yourself think because some of the places just turn the music up so loud. Um, but when I'm on the mound and there's someone in the box, yes, I want fans there. Yes, I want noise. I want that adrenaline rush. But like when you're trying to get a hit and I'm trying to get you out because the more outs I get, then like the better life I get to provide for my son. Like, that there's not much more motivation I need than that right there. Um, like, I know I've said it a few times, but it's so much more than a game for all of us. And it truly is like providing for my family and providing just wanting to give the best life possible to my son. And so fans are no fans. Yes. I really want fans there, but I have all the motivation I need at home right now, back in Oregon to keep fighting and keep getting out over here. How much has your podcast been a, a, a welcome experience and, and maybe you looking, obviously you're so focused on baseball now, but at some point your career does end and maybe transitioning to that or some type of broadcast or maybe what your other aspirations are outside of baseball. Uh, another life lesson in baseball is don't plan ahead. Um, <laughs> that's something that I've never had the uh, pleasure of doing in my life. Uh, the moment I thought I was going to be able to, you know, going into my third year in Miami thought I was like, you know, Hey, finally, I'm, I'm got a place to call home. Like, Hey, they were like, Hey dude, never mind, See ya. So I, uh, it was just another startling reminder that, you know, just, just enjoy today. Just be a present in the moment and, and, and just keep working the podcast stuff. Uh, my friend and I, uh, have really come into it, uh, with no expectation and, there's no, there's no goal. There's no, there, there's just, it's, it's simply because we have the free time and it's something that we enjoy. Um, it's a chance for us to hang out and just kind of chat because uh, he's, his life has been changed as well. And he's at home a whole lot more than he expected to be. And so we just, we're able to kind of, to have this like, platform for him how to hang out and talk to these other people and like hear their stories 
but there's no there's no goal or expectation with it um but we enjoy it we have fun with it and we'll just do it as long as we can um the korean league is known for bat flips and big celebrations in american baseball the unwritten rules and all that. I mean, I see pictures of Madison Bumgarner wanting to kill guys. <laughs> uh, That's so, exactly who I think of whenever people talk about it too. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, so what is your disposition toward that sort of thing? And uh, do you have to restrain yourself at times when you see a guy flip the bat? Um, I've, uh, yes and no. Like, I've seen it so many different ways. Um, the other day I was like, well, Hey, he's, at least he's getting the bat out of the way so that the umpire didn't have to run up and throw it. Like he's just, he's getting the bat. It's no different than the catcher tossing his mask to the side. Um, the, the way it was explained to me, um, was that like as a culture over here, like the way they see it is like, it's part of the show. It's the finish of the swing. It is for the fans. And I, then ask the question, so can I cartwheel off the mound after I strike you out? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> go for it. No one cares. And uh, they just have like a different like idea of what it means. Like to them, it's not me showing you up as a hitter. To them, it's the hitter celebrating like, wow, look what I just did. Not, not, not like, dude, you suck. Like I, you don't even belong on the same field as me. Like to them, it's like, look what I just did. Like kind of finish. And <laughs> It's not just on home runs, by the way. Like, my favorite bat flip is my left fielder, Jun Mu. He does it on a, on a fly out to left field. He does it on a ground ball single. He does it, yes, on home runs. But, like, if, you were just, if I just showed you the bat flips, like, you might not be able to discern the, the single up the middle versus the home run that went 400 feet down the line that looks like left the stadium type of distance. Like, you're just going to see like this, this literally just like a finish of the swing, like opens his hand and the bat goes flying. Like uh, it's almost the way, like you just kind of see like uh, Luis Valbuena, how he would, he used to bat flip on everything. Like, and no one really cared because again, he did it when he popped up to second base, but he also did it when he homered. Like, it's just what he did. And over here, it's just what everyone does. Um, and so remember I, I joined the KBO. The KBO is not joining me. And so when I found out that was part of it, like I don't, I don't really get the choice to like choose like if I agree with it or not because I joined, I joined them. Right. And so again, I, I couldn't see it being that drastic of a change. Um, I think guys in America would have fun with it. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of pitchers too that would get mad about it. And I mean, <laughs> we would just be, It'd be kind of cool to see me. If it brought more fans to the game, then I'm all for it. Maybe in a few months' time. You're a pretty big guy, so this might be hard to pull off. But imagine when the stadium is full and you strike a guy out in a key situation. I'm thinking of an Ozzie Smith-type uh, backflip, cartwheel into a backflip, round-off finish kind of thing. Maybe stick the landing. <laughs> that would, How cool would that be? Yeah, I don't know if I uh... – I don't know if I have the athleticism for that, but uh, that would be that would be pretty funny. The foreigners, if you do something fun on the mound, if you after a strikeout have like a little celebration for yourself, 
um, I, I heard it gets pretty popular within uh, the Korean social media networks. And so I, uh, I, will, I will definitely do my best, given the certain situation, to find myself uh, at least having some fun in that regard. Well, uh, when you get a chance, check out our a previous podcast we did with Dennis Eckersley, who, uh, you know, he was big on the punch out and all of that. And uh, that, not everybody loved that at the time. So yeah. you can incorporate some of that. Thank you so much for your time. I mean, uh, when Casey first told me uh, that, that, you know, you guys were friends from your past, I was like, wow, that would be really cool. Because we have another buddy who's in South Korea, but he's not a baseball player. And so gotcha. to, to, to take time out of your schedule. And now, you know, I mean, you're on HBO and ESPN all the time to make time for us. Uh, we're really grateful for it. So we wish you the best. And I hope we could do this again later on in the season after you got maybe got some of that backflip worked out. You could show us some of that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go try to make some highlights, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, let's get some gifts. We need some really good Dan Straley gifts that we can start uh, with. Dude, the, pitch, the Pitching Ninja has had a couple of really funny ones. Uh, the one, my favorite one so far is when I shook my catcher nine times in a row because, <laughs> like, he, I wanted, like, a fastball and a – like, or I wanted, like, a slider in, and he just, like, was, like – went through every single pitch and then was just like so confused and was like oh yeah slider in and I was like there we go like it was just something simple but he, he's had some pretty funny ones or when I like pace myself down the mound to mark my feet he's like Dan's passing the the Korean uh, random Korean sobriety check before he's allowed to pitch apparently as part of their COVID protocol so uh they've, I've, I've seen some good good ones out of him so far but uh I'll, I'll try to do uh like a I gotta come up with some sort of celebration especially if uh if they're gonna bat flip. I gotta come up with some sort of uh, some sort of rebuttal for myself. There you go. Is that yeah. a pitching ninja shirt, by the way? Shout out, pitching ninja. It is actually, yeah. The, uh, Synergy. Well, my other option. I'm wearing gray shorts, and the other shirt I had that was on the top of the pile was a gray shirt. So I was like, I can't really go gray on gray, so it's blue. Um, I'm not a very fashion forward individual, um, but I know you shouldn't wear all gray when you're even just walking downstairs to go get some food. <laughs> Um, well, you should before we finish uh, plug your podcast so that everybody can listen to it. Yeah, um, I'm a really good podcaster and don't even officially know the Twitter handle of it. So hold on a second. I told you I just show up on Mondays and talk. Thanks. You want to help? It's it's the Journeyman I, Podcast. I have it's the Journeyman. <laughs> yeah, it's at the Journeyman uh, at P1 at the Journeyman the, P1. Do a favor. Come over to the, the Dan Straley 67, and it's it should be it's in my profile. Let's do that one. All right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank, yeah. Thanks so much. So uh, much fantastic to, to your pod, and it, we're really grateful for your time. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Right. With authority.